Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. I um kind of like Raymond, I heard him say, but if, thankfully it was not Dancing with the Stars. I mean, if I got to watch that, I mean, just shoot me. I mean, it's just uh, that kind of stuff. I just hate, hate that stuff. So um, I can handle, you know, a Hallmark movie. I can, you know, FBI, that kind of stuff. We watch that. I, I'm good with that, but, but. You know, all that silly um, reality show stuff and, and dancing shows and singing shows, just awful. I mean, really, I, I think I'd rather go to the dentist. I mean, really, I would. That stuff's awful. So thankfully, I didn't watch that. But I did have to do with what, uh, you know, I kind of I didn't get to watch much of the game, just very little at the end. Um. But followed it on my phone. And obviously, when you're following it on your phone, you know what's going on. You know the score. You know the down and distance. But you can't really tell. It sounded like uh, the Cowboys defense did fabulous. I mean, now, look, the Giants are not a plus defense. And the Giants are a um, very much in preseason mode on offense with a new coach and New, you know, a new system. They're very much in preseason mode, but still, um, they've had offensive line issues for years. A lot of it has been addressed, uh, at least in theory, on paper. And 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 there's obviously the Cowboys' defense is pretty good. Uh, and Cooper Rush is obviously better than most people gave him credit for. This cat's now three and zero. So, um. We'll see how the Cowboys do moving forward. They run the ball. You know, Pollard's pretty good. And uh, that was a nice win for the Cowboys last night. You know, I I um, I don't root for the Cowboys, but I have a history before they, you know, committed a, a mortal sin and, and hired Stalin to be their head coach. Sold their soul to the devil there. Uh, I, you know, I've, I kind of, you know, I used to like the kind of like some of the, a lot of the old school Cowboys, Drew Pearson and guys like that. So I don't have that all American hatred towards the, I, I, I'm one of the, I'm kind of, I don't pull for them. I don't really want them to win, but I don't really care that much about them. the Cowboys are kind of irrelevant to me. You know, most Cowboy fans would almost whether you hate them or love them because they they feel like they're but to me they're largely irrelevant I don't I don't hate them as bad as uh a lot of Saints fans do I don't but because I understand you know their 
they've been elitist for so long, but it's been 20-something years since they really had a reason to be elitist. And so most Saints fans hate Cowboy fans because they're so elitist. And, again, for decades now, it's like, what are you an elitist about? But in the 70s and 80s, they had a reason to be elitist, even though I don't think you should be, but at least they had reason to be elitist. And so it was, it was easy to hate them then. Um, it was really easy to hate them then as Saints fans because, you know, they were so cocky. And, again, I, I kind of liked them in that era, not more than the Saints, never pulled for them against the Saints and never will, and now I don't even care about them. But, um, but you got to – still, you got to, you know – Forget about fandom and who you like and who you hate and all that kind of stuff. That was a nice win. Now, you know, the time will tell how good the Giants are, how much progress they've made. Again, they, they've played three preseason football games. So we don't know. We'll, we'll know a month from now, just like almost all these other teams that we've talked about, including the Saints, what they're going to be like. But um, it seems like... The Cowboys' defense through three games, it's just better than these preseason offenses they're facing. It, 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 it's, it's just better. And so um, there's some teams playing really good defense right now. Saints have played two good defensive games with the exception of a few plays. I thought the Saints were deplorable on defense against the Falcons. Awful. I thought they played good defense against the Yucks and – other than if you take two plays away, they played really good defense in Orneville. By the way, I, I know I've said this over and over and over and over again, but it, it, it just continues to, to happen. We talked about it several times during the summer. The similarities between the Cajuns and the Saints, it's unbelievable. It just never seems to end. Questions that about the quarterback? Yep, boat got those. Questions about the offensive line? Yep, boat got those. Uh, the defenses? Yeah, they're the strength of the team, except for those two big plays you gave up. Does that sound familiar? The Cajuns and Monroe played mostly good defense, but they gave up an 89-yard pass and a. Uh, um, And a 75-yard a touchdown run. For the most part, the Saints played good defense, except for they let them, LaVisca Chenault beat them on two plays. Now, the, the first, one of those two plays was only about a, what, 20-yard gain or whatever, but it was huge. It was like third and 14 or whatever, and they, and they should have been punting from their own end zone, and they still would have got the ball maybe around midfield and, 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 and still in the game, it was a huge play in that game. And then when they just, he just threw the little two-yard pass and he went 50 or, I mean, 60 yards or whatever he went. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, the, gave them touchdowns without the – essentially without – now, I know it was an eight-yard drive, but still, that, that's not on the defense. And in the same situation, they picked it up and ran in for a touchdown, but still, the, the special teams gave up. Uh, a touchdown for the Cajuns, and the and the offense gave up a touchdown for the Saints. I mean, it's just unbelievable. 
They both had a cornerback out for the first two games, Trey Amos and and Adebo. They both had have had trouble in the kicking game, big-time trouble. We got a moron kicker for the Saints who suddenly can't make a field goal. He's an NFL kicker. Make a field goal, cat. Unbelievable. It, 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 you know, you got a you got a coach promoted from within that a lot of people are questioning on, on both sides, Coach Dez and and Coach Allen. Uh, it, it's 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 uncanny the similarities in the issue with the issues with the Cajuns and the issues with the Saints. It's amazing, so many parallels, and we and and we talked about it going into the season, and there were just tons of them, and. And then even in a particular game, like the ULM game and the, and the Saints game in Orneville, just very similar. Like long streaks ended. Like the Cadence hadn't lost in Monroe in a, in, since 04. The Arnolds ain't won hardly any games. And, and so it's, um, wow. it was it, It's amazing how the similarities between the two. And, and like we talked about yesterday, if you're a, if you're a Cajun fan and a Saints fan, like Big Dave would say, you got a big Bobin. You're not you're not doing good right now. Boudet. It's bad. Very depressing. Very scary for the season. Um I like to think from a Saints perspective, there's a little more hope, but we'll see. I mean, you know. I think the Saints have on paper, again, we're just talking about paper. Who The Saints could just get routed Sunday. Who knows what's going to happen? They're playing in London. Like, nice job, NASCAR. I mean, you, 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 you set up with a three division games, which you shouldn't have played any division games by now. So you, you, you played two, you know, your, arguably your most important game of the season in week two. Good job, NASCAR. Then you send me to, like, Another country. I mean, just awful. Man, I hate NASCAR. Just hate it. Uh, they, they, they just do the dumbest junk. I mean, it just international junk. Hate that stuff. 8.30 is going to start Sunday. But anyway, I think the Saints have a little better chance. Look, I, I think the Cajuns have their hand. South Alabama's good. I mean, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that South Alabama's the best team in the Sunbelt Conference. I I kind of think James Madison is right now. Just, again, we don't know. It's still very early in the season. I mean, I've been saying it's preseason for the NFL teams, and it is, but it's kind of just getting out of preseason for college teams as well. So we don't really know. It's kind of funny because, you know, the Sunbelt Conference got a lot of publicity for App beating A&M. If not, if, if App doesn't, if App doesn't hit a Hail Mary, which is, you know, we know that's largely luck. I mean, you got to do some things right, but it's largely luck. If they don't hit that Hail Mary, they're 0-2 in the conference. 1-3 overall with only win over A&M on the road. Marshall beat Notre Dame. Great victory. Marshall got beat this past week. Scored, what, seven points or something? Six points? Troy plays defense. I mean, 
you know, Troy's got a guy. I, I mean, I just call him Van Tiffin. Seems like he's been at Troy for se- about ten years. Like Van Tiffin kicked at Alabama for ten years. It's um, it's a it's 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 amazing. A lot of the teams that got a lot of national publicity, they're not really doing all that great overall so far. Again, it's early. But, uh, you know, I've said it for years. Just because you beat a team from a Power 5 conference uh, doesn't mean when you get back into conference play it's going to be all that easy for you, that you're just going to roll over. Oh, they're going to roll in the Sun Belt Conference. Well, no, that that doesn't doesn't work that way. (laughs) does not work that way, and App is certainly – found that out so um not surprised that we didn't get to that yesterday but not surprised at all I was obviously in the Monroe press box I heard a lot of people that were a little surprised by that I'm like I don't get that not surprised at all that James Madison beat out um James I, I I don't know again this idea we went through this with app with Georgia Southern whenever that was eight nine years ago when they joined the conference, people were acting like there was this huge gulf that they had to, what's the proper word, traverse. But no, it, you know, the difference between the a middle of the level group of five team and an upper echelon um, team from the lower level is is FCS is not I mean, it's basically nothing there is no difference and I mean App and Georgia State proved that right away when they joined the Sun Belt Conference there, there was not any difference they were like as good as anybody in the Sun Belt Conference now Georgia Southern App maintained that a little longer than Georgia Southern did Georgia Southern went down and now they're you know they've got a new thing going there so we'll see how long that takes but but no, I don't. I don't think there's very much difference there at all. Uh, that that is a that is a bad perception. So I, I was surprised the coaches poll in the preseason that they put James Madison and Old Dominion at the bottom of the East. That 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 that, that was some. I think there's some bad predictions by coaches. Now you'll wonder if those are coaches that really do that stuff, or really is it. You know, for years people say, well, that's just SIDs. Well, whoever's opinion those were, I didn't really get those opinions. I think the preseason Sunbelt poll was going to end up being pretty inaccurate on both sides uh, in several instances. All right, let's go to the game hotline, and then we'll get to our first timeout. Hello. Hey, good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. Man, it's a great morning, cool weather, and a Cowboys victory, right? Isn't that the two best things in life? Well, I don't know about the second part, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, you know, I, I'm not. I like cool weather, fine. I, I don't freak out about it. Yeah. You know, my wife loves it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she loves it, but I don't really. It's not a big. What well, do you priority. consider this cool weather, or is this like cold to you? Uh, I don't know about cold. It's. I would go with cool. I'm with you there. Cool. Yeah, this is nice, man. Yeah. This isn't like in the 40s. No, I'm good with it. Hey, I got a proposition for uh, the Saints, man. Okay. We'll trade y'all Cooper Rush for Alvin Kamara. I don't want none of your receivers are any good, but I'll take Alvin Kamara, and y'all can have a quarterback. Uh, I don't what think do so. Think? No, I would. I would go with no. 
Hey, even though Kamara fumbled. I'll trade you Cooper Rush for Andy Dalton. You know how good he is. <laughs> yeah. I know he's going to turn into Fist Magic and be on about 400 teams if he keeps up at that oh, rate. Oh, Andy Dalton. You, you, Cowboy fans know, you know, all these Saints fans pulling for Andy Dalton. They, they need to look at the Cowboy fans, see how he did. No, 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 no. I, I agree with you. Andy Dalton is not the solution. I think the solution is uh, protect better and, and call better plays. And by the way, get your best player on the field. Marquez Callaway is y'all's best receiver, by the way. No, I don't know he, if you uh, believe he, in that, that, but he's the, he's the best guy. Y'all well, he, he had to be the number one receiver last year, and he did nothing. He, 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 he's a huh? he's a good – last year he had to serve as the number one receiver. Now, again, he didn't have a quarterback yeah, who, or an offensive line. Yeah, throwing the ball last year? Yeah, well, I, I, I still think Trevor Simeon's a very underrated passer, but he's not an underrated yeah, quarterback. Yeah, very but underrated. He, he, he's, he's a very accurate passer. He's just not a good quarterback. But – um. He rushes things too mechanical, but but no, I, no, I don't think Marquez Callaway is the best receiver, but I think he's a, a really good number four receiver, and they got to figure out a way to use him. I agree. That was uh, that was a cool catch he had in that game. It was yes, that, where Jameis tried to throw another interception, but um, it's it, a great it catch. Was. But hey, enough about the ain't go Cowboys. Good weather, good victory. Peace out, homie. Uh, all right, yeah, it was. Um, Again, it was a nice win. We'll see. I mean, any wins on the road with a backup any win with a backup quarterback's a good win. Uh a win on the road is a good win. A win on the road with a backup quarterback's a really good win. But as far as how good a win was over the Giants, we'll see in time. Again, it's preseason football. So I to try to say, well, this team is this. Again, I, I know y'all, many of y'all are probably tired of hearing, but saying this team is this and this team is this, uh, it's preseason football. We don't we don't know a whole lot yet about any of these teams. Um, but no, I, I would I guess I would trade Cooper Rush for Andy Dalton. I'm not an Andy Dalton guy. Cooper Rush has done fine. And actually Cooper Rush doesn't fit my normal criteria I want a veteran for a I was not high on the Andy Dalton thing from the beginning I don't know why they got him I'd rather Trevor Simeon than than Andy Dalton but oh well right now they just need to beat the Vikings that's what they need to figure out how to do beat beat the Vikings I think they match up fairly well with the Vikings except for the history I'm talking about just this team they match up pretty well with the Vikings, but the history, they don't match up with the Vikings because the Vikings have been, you know, torturing Saints fans for 50 years. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Oh, pleasure, Cruz. Pleasure Cruise. Now, a sports career where things seemingly came easy as the player was surrounded by the best players, the best coaches, and caught all the breaks. Also known as Tom Brady's career. Now, back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Ooh. 
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Speaking of the Astros, I want to remind you tonight, first pitch set it for 7-10. Astros take on the Diamondbacks. What a, what a weird time to be playing the Diamondbacks. The Astros, I remember they played them at the very beginning of the season, like those first couple weeks of the season. And I was thinking the Diamondbacks were going to just be putrid and, and – I was kind of, eh, that's a bad loss with the Diamondbacks, and they ended up being pretty good. Brett Strom had a pretty good, um, they have probably the best pitcher that the average baseball fan doesn't know anything about in the country, uh, in Zach Gallon. And and, and uh, I know that might be tomorrow night, but the Astros have to face him. They're going to have a tough time with, with, with Zach, I, I believe, but... Uh, We'll see Astros Diamondbacks tonight. You can hear all of that right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You know, I heard uh, a, a lot of people, obviously, uh, everyone is, is bashing Jameis. I, I think the, I'm, you know, the jury's still out. You know, the he's thrown technically five interceptions. I count two of those. Um, when you throw the ball 60 yards down the field and it's one-on-one coverage. Now, if you throw into triple coverage, 60 yards down the field, then I, I I might put that under your, you know, to your account. But when you throw it and it's one-on-one, the receivers, it's the receiver's responsibility to make sure the ball's not intercepted. Unless, you know, if it's two guys going up at the, at the goal line, 60 yards down the field, a receiver can't get out of, you know, he's got to have body control and he's got to make sure the ball's not intercepted. Uh, both interceptions this past week, those were not real interceptions. You know, one of them was at the end of a game in a Hail Mary situation. That that means nothing. That, that You know, that that's not an interception. And the other one, the ball gets tipped at the line of scrimmage by a diving guy in a defensive. I mean, that, that's not a real interception. So and and then and so the other two were bad passes. Those were misreads, bad passes. Well, one of them was not a misread. It was just a bad pass, and the other one was a misread. So those were two real legitimate interceptions. He's had two interceptions the last two weeks. The five, I know they count, but they're not real interceptions in my mind. So uh, I just hope we can get to midseason and we can see what what we really have there. Um, you know, In my mind, he's basically played nothing but about eight preseason games with the Saints over the last two years. It's time to... Uh, you know, I just can't wait to get midseason and see what you have or don't have. And then, you you know, if if it's like this all season long, and then they got some big decisions to make. And if not, then a lot of people can have a lot of egg on their face. So we'll see in time. Right now, I don't know really anything. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Foot, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm just sitting here holding my breath, waiting until Sunday. Yeah, for me – uh, it usually takes me a couple of days. Like I'll be, I'll be ready to like turn the corner on last week. Probably tomorrow. Not quite there yet. I'm still beaten and hurt. But the the one thing that could make it worse, the only thing that could have made it worse, was having to listen to a cowboy fan tell me that my receivers are not any good. I mean, that's just proof that he's not watching the games first of all, or in tune to this team at all. Because the receivers have been the one bright spot on offense, in my opinion. That's the only thing that we can hang our hat on offensively. 
I mean, Michael Thomas seems like he's back to where he needs to be. He's catching just about everything that's thrown to him. Chris Olave is in the makings of being an elite wide receiver, elite route running, elite hands, elite speed. What could that guy have possibly seen from these receivers that he doesn't like? Well, I think he's just trying to, you know, you know, I don't know what you want to call it. What, what, what do they call it on the air? I don't know. There's like a sports talk radio where you're a not. Hater? Yeah, I hate her. I, he, he, he's just trying to – he don't believe what he's saying. He's just trying to get under the skin of Saints fans because he's been – you know, for the last 20 years, they've been on the other side of it for a change. And so they're not – they don't like it. And so they try to – cowboy. he's just one of these Cowboy fans trying to get under their skin. But um, I don't think – there's no way he really believes that. But, um, but no, I, I think Wes Chandler's been fabulous. He, again, I said it yesterday. He's been better than I thought he was going to be. Uh, but again – Having Jarvis and having Michael Thomas, it, they're not going to be able to really reap the benefits of that unless they, one, stay healthy, and two, they figure out how to re- properly utilize them. Agreed. So why are they so reluctant to run the offense through Michael Thomas like it was done the, the, last, the first three years of his career where he had a, a, a zillion catches a year and Drew Brees was constantly throwing to him and they call him slant boy and all that stuff? It works. That offense works. Yeah, but again, Jameis' seal set is totally different than Drew's. He he can't do what Drew did. We can throw the ball down the field 60 yards all we want, but if it's not working, why don't we do what we know works? That offense works. Look, I, I, I want more underneath. I agree. You know, the first drive of the game, he threw a slant, and it worked for a first down. It's not like he can't do it. He did it. They just, why they don't do it more, I have no idea. I mean, again, I I don't know why they don't throw many screens anymore. Um, You know, he's got, you know, I got to believe he's capable. We've seen a few of them where he throws the ball out the flat. Of course, 41's got to catch the football when they throw it to him. He, He hasn't caught very many this year that they've thrown it to him. But um, but they've got to get on the same page with that. No question about that. They've got to. They, they, they've completely taken Kamara out of the passing game by not going underneath and going short. And I just feel like that offense, even with Breeze's limitations, that offense worked. And it had nothing to do with Breeze being Breeze. That was just the offense that they were running, and it worked, and they made the playoffs, and they made deep runs. And now they've completely abandoned that for this idea because Jameis can throw the ball a million yards down the field. Like, that's now the new offense, and it's just not working. I want to get back to what worked. That offense worked. Dennis Allen was there on the staff when it worked. Like, why are we just trying to do all this stuff with Jameis? I mean, I, I, I like Jameis. I'm pro Jameis. But, man, this is not working. We got we, It's got to change. Yeah, and, again, the other thing I want still is those – you know, I'm okay with, with throwing a couple 50 or 60-yard passes here or there. Because remember, at Drew's last three or four years, oh, you got to trade Drew. Oh, he can't throw deep. He's killing y'all. He can't throw the ball down the field. And now we got a quarterback that does nothing but throw the ball down the field. Oh, all you do is throw the ball down the field. It's amazing how people are. But anyway, um, but no, I want those 15 to 20-yard outs that Drew couldn't yeah. throw because it's on – we don't. They don't. Why can't they throw those? Those are the things that are. I, I mean, the underneath stuff needs to happen. You're absolutely correct. But but it's not. It can't just be underneath or a fifty or sixty yard bomb. I need the. I need that fifteen to twenty five yard range pass more often. Yes, that's what I need. I absolutely. Yes. 
I absolutely agree 100%. One last thing before I get off. Everybody that is calling for Andy Dalton, y'all need to relax and calm down. And if you legitimately believe this team needs to switch the quarterbacks to Andy Dalton, you know nothing about football. You have not watched football over the last five years. You have not seen what Andy Dalton did when he was in Dallas. And look, I'm not even fully convinced that Jameis can lead us to a Super Bowl. I, I think that they may need to switch, and, and Andy Dalton might be uh, needed to come in. But if they switch to Andy Dalton, this season is over. You can forget it. Andy Dalton is not coming He's in not and good. saving the season. He yeah. might be a Andy Dalton is not good. If Plus, you, if, you, if you call it for Andy Dalton, 2022 is over. Yes, no question. But it's not even about 20. 2022 is over, no question. But But also, you can't do that. You have to find out this season if Jameis can be your answer. And again, I know y'all look at football, most of y'all different than me. In my opinion, Jameis has played zero games to tell me anything because he's played nothing but preseason football in in, in all of last season because he played more than three or four games last season. But I'm telling you, they were spoon-feeding him because they were still trying to to baby him and ba- and figure out what they had in him from the from his last season in Tampa with Bruce Arians and so he he basically he has he in my mind he's played nothing but preseason football games so I got to get Jameis to week nine week ten week eleven week twelve to find out what I really got out of him they have to find that answer out this year the Andy Dalton thing is just it's just crazy you can't go that route that doesn't help this team at all now or for the future. Right, so that that what you just said is exactly right, and, and that makes so much sense. So, how can anybody not see that? Because they how don't understand. They, look, some people have alternate agendas. I don't know how many of them there are, but there there's some out there. That's a whole different deal. I can't even deal with all that stuff. I'm looking at as a Saints fans what I got to know. I got to see if Jameis can do it. Jameis, if he figures some of this out, has the ability to take the Saints to a higher level. Andy Dalton does not have that ability. He does not. I got to Andy Dalton has no it, it, the Saints can't even it's not even part of the option for Andy Dalton to be the quarterback next year or 2 years from now. That's not even in the picture. It cannot be in the picture. It just cannot be an option. Therefore, you have to find out this season if Jameis can be your – you have to. The Andy Dalton thing is just it's – so, it's so over-the-top crazy that, again, I don't even – I just dismiss it. Foot, I don't like saying this very often, but you're right. You, you, you got it this time. You finally got one that's 100% on the money. All right. All right, my foot. Take care. Oh, I'm, believe me, um, there's a lot. I, I'm I'm wrong about plenty, and I'm right about plenty. But no, that, that it, it any the, the Andy Andy Dalton's name should never be mentioned. I mean that that can't even be part of it. Cannot be part of it. Um, I just I need to see. I need Jameis to play a full season so I can properly evaluate what in the world do you have here. Because, again, in my mind, he's played nothing but preseason games with the Saints. He hasn't played a real game where everybody's caught up. Everybody's on the same page, essentially. Everybody's on the same level. Let's see what you got. You know, and that that happens from week, I don't know, six or seven. Well, it happens from, like, week four or five on a normal. But, again, last year was not a normal year. They they, they were babying him for, for way too long. And, and he was – 
uh, Casper was just gun shy big time. And so I, I don't even count all that in terms of evaluating what he could do down the road. Has it the, I mean, right now matters. Believe me, I, I, I'm going to be depressed all week. It matters. For me, it's about happy days. It matters, but you also have to have an eye for the future as well. And, and, and uh, he hasn't played one game yet, not one, in a Saints uniform where I, could, I feel like I can evaluate what he is and what, what chance he has. Not one. I mean, we got to get to week 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. That's going to tell me how he's executing in those games is what it's going to tell me whether he can be an answer in the future or not or whether he fits into Pete Carmichael and whatever else is going on. He hasn't played a game yet that does that for me. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Try to figure more of this out. Get your reactions. Again, open phone lines in the next segment and the segment first segment of the next hour, and then we'll be talking Cajun football. I don't think there's any more bright spots in there than there are with the Saints because of all the similarities there, but we'll do that at 10-15. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to... Remind you about the 13th gate, your ability to text and win. If you would like to win tickets to one of the top haunted attractions in the country, the 13th gate, just text the word G-A-T-E, text G-A-T-E to 337-283-8100. That's text GATE to 283-8100. And you could win tickets to the 13th gate courtesy of Midnight Productions. And the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. Good morning. Uh, a terrible morning. Well, I don't know how to call it yet. You know, Foot, three things. One, I know what's wrong with Miss Hannah now. I discovered that because the problem is she's a Harry Potter. That's, 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 that's what's wrong with her. Two is I want to correct you. Um, Cooper Rush is not the, the backup quarterback. He's the third string. Dak is the backup that's playing a starter role that's about to lose his job to the third string quarterback. Now, on to you. What is wrong with you, Foot? Uh... I listened to you yesterday, and I've noticed this. Every football season, you turn delusion. And, but you're not as bad in baseball season. What are you, you talking about? Kicker. You blaming the kicker and the refs? Oh, the kicker! And I mean, he—that—that's awful. You got to do better than that. That's terrible. Yes, I get it. But foot, foot. You can't blame the refs. Look, it's we the problem. As a team, the problem. Look, no, the, no. Look, the refs look. making up a call should never happen. Should but not happen. And if it happens, it's stop, stop with that big lie. I, 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 I just—I got no more patience for that stuff. I told you about these coaches, man. They're not the guy. We are. We have a ship. We have no idea. We have no idea on that. Without a captain, it's it's. You know that that's guy's just, not a head coach. We have no idea. I, I, you know, again, if I, do I agree with Dennis Allen and onside kicking? No, but I mean, Casper to quit have made plenty of decisions I disagree with over the years. But 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 but, but you got to see who's the who can do the job and who can't. But well, that's the point. Well, we have you no know, idea yet. We've played three preseason games. The head coach, the other one can't. 
we have this guy. We have no idea. That's supposed to be a defensive coordinator. The other one calling the plays. Sean Payton wouldn't have been here. Some of these things wouldn't have, wouldn't be going on, and some things probably would. But that's the part of having your head coach being able to drive the ship. These guys can't that, drive the ship. Well, you we have no idea on no that. Head. You're just talking. You're just talking because that was your suspicion. You have no idea. There's no way of knowing that yet. The proof is in the pudding. No, there's no we proof in any pudding. We, we haven't played. We haven't played a real game yet. We haven't played a real game yet. There's just no proof of anything. Every game is real. No. Every game is no. real. Because any game that we lost can cost us to make in the playoffs or just be. Oh, every field. game is significant, every, but it's not real in the stab. Every game is not real in establishing who you are. We have no idea who hardly any record? team is in the NFL right the now. Record, None. Look at the record, but. Look what you see the play on the field. Look at the coaching that's going no, on the field. It, we don't have all that means nothing. Need. You can't we, tell we, we on any of it. On paper. They sold every I'm not buying what they were selling. I never bought what, what they were selling okay. the media. And, and look, it's possible you're gonna be right. No, it's possible you're gonna be right, but right now there is no way of knowing it. I mean, you're just saying no, it because that's there's no way of knowing it. No way of knowing it. Nope. No, we oh, haven't played God. any no games yet where we can really know anything about anyone. But you, you, you need a new TV, but no, I really think you need you watching no. the Saints back in the nineteen sixties or the seventies, eighties. Are you watching the Saints now? Which one we watch? I'm, uh, believe me, I know what I'm, I'm watching. watching. The one now. I, I don't believe at all what I'm watching. I, I think an NFL kicker should be able to kick the ball straight up and down. None of this horizontal. What about the offensive line? What about the coaching decisions and the game plan? They're calling. They are at offensive lines all over Every the league team. are struggling because it's preseason football. We got to wait until we get to the regular season before we make uh, a generalization on a, 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 a genuine outlook. You just have to. All right, let me get. Let me. Season football. This is the season foot. Everything matters. Every game matters. I, I agree. I agree that it matters, but it has nothing to do with an evaluation of a team. I appreciate the call. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me get. I can't help you. You delusional foot. All right, let me get to another one. Hello. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey. Good morning, Kev. Good morning. Before we get into it, I'm going to say I'm, for the most part, in complete agreement with you about the Jameis issue. But that being said, the one thing you're leaving out is the guy's got a broken back. Well, And I'm questioning if that's not playing a role in his inaccuracy. Again, there's no way of knowing that, so it's not even worth talking about in my mind. None of us have well, any but, idea what that means. None of us. Yeah, but sometimes rest and allowing an injury to heal is – I thought the Chargers were stupid for playing Herbert this week. I agree. I mean, you got to let certain injuries just need time to heal. And and right now we're questioning the play calling, and we don't really know if the play calling's all that bad because he's had guys open and he just misses them. I don't know if his back is playing a role in in, in his inaccuracies. And, again, you're right. we got to see if that's the case and let it play out. But at the same time – Maybe, you know, allowing the backup to come and see if it's a play calling issue or a quarterback issue isn't bad. Uh, I also take into consideration we played two pretty good defenses the last two weeks. So that plays a role in it, too. But, look, my biggest concern right now is our offensive line. I think we've been manhandled the last – actually, the last three games, we've pretty much been tossed around, and that's a bigger concern to me in the quarterback situation right now, and it's frustrating. I think Pete got knocked out again. What, he had a concussion? 
So uh, it's just the instability we've got in what used to be the strength of this team is, to me, the most frustrating part of what's going on right now. And until they get those offensive line woes fixed, it doesn't matter who's back there at quarterback. We're going to end up continuing to have these kind of problems. Carolina basically just said, we're going to blitz you every doggone play until you stop us. And we never stopped them. Whether it means keeping a tight end to block, putting a, a running back back there that can block, you got to control the blitz. And I think I counted seven straight plays where they blitzed at one point. And, and that's, but that's again, he only got sacked once. Stuff. He only got sacked once, which tells me that they're they're just they're, they're not they're, they don't have the process set up where they can take advantage of a blitz. Just throw a quick pass, throw a screen. They try like one time. Oh, look, I agree. And somebody said earlier, uh, Michael Slant's bread. I mean, Plastic Man's bread and butter was that little five-yard slant. And I don't and, care if he, only, if he catches it and falls down. Take the seven yards and move on to second and three. But, and they did uh, it on the first drive. Did they do it one time the rest of the game? They, yeah, look, Kevin, and, and I question if the inaccuracies of Jameis right now are playing a role in that play calling. We could have three or four bomb touchdowns this year if he had just led receivers. Yeah, but it, it's the beginning behind. of the year. That, that he, to, that's going to get better. That, that got better. The, that I got hope, better Sunday. And I agree. We're still in preseason mode. And I get what you're saying on that. And some people may laugh about it. But it's been this way for four or five years in the NFL now. Since they quit really playing preseason games, the first three to four games of the year are, are ironing out, you know, the creases. But I, my concern, again, until they get the offensive line fixed, and I don't know if Kamara's hurt worse than they're letting on. To me, he looks slow. Uh, I have friends that laugh at me when I say that, but uh, his breakaway speed that he used to have seems to be missing. And, again, I ain't man enough to play football with broken ribs or bruised ribs, so I'm not going to sit here and, and and dog the guy. But uh, he's our highest-paid offensive player, if I'm not mistaken. He's got to perform better or, or more and be utilized more. And there's just – we look like a bad football team right now, and I just think there's way too much talent on this roster for us to be playing like we're playing right now. Well, how many sacks do we have this year? Not many. They had three. They had three. They had three Sunday. But I think they are largely not blitzing. They're they're lar- The Saints don't blitz hardly ever. They're largely staying back and trying to play more conservative defense because uh, I don't think they have a whole lot of respect for the offenses they faced. And so, um, you know, and 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 you know what? If you make some field goals and you get a few calls, that strategy would have worked. It could be three and zero with that strategy. True. I mean, look, we're a fumble return for a touchdown and a fluke play away from beating that team on the road as bad as they played. And I've realized people say, yeah, but that's two things they didn't do. In the big picture, we all know that's that two or three stuff. plays decide a football game. Yeah, and, it's very and you got you got to make you got to make field goals. Will Lutz is the big is the biggest problem on this football team right now, and he's got to get it. He's got to figure out get it fixed. All right, I got to take a timeout. We're, we're we're overdue. Appreciate the call. It'll get better, bro. God bless. I hope it better. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
Welcome back. We went on too long on that segment, but that's okay. We were having fun. Uh, For those of you who don't agree with me about this preseason football thing, ask yourself this question. If I came on the air today and said, man, Cooper Rush is awesome. Like, why he need all these teams that don't have elite quarterbacks need a trade for Cooper Rush. He is the answer. This guy looks like a really good quarterback. What would most of you say? Y'all would say, hold on here. Hold on here. He played two games at the beginning of a season. Let's uh, let's have a little bit more of a sample size before we crown him as a, a really good quarterback. And I'd say, hello, McFly. Exactly. Like, we... All these people, oh, this this is terrible. These teams are good. We've played three preseason games. We don't know anything yet. Now, again, the games count, but we don't know anything yet. Another hour to follow on the game. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. The game hotline, 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to call and agree, you would like to call and disagree, you would like to call and change the subject uh you know maybe to major league baseball it's going to be very interesting we'll talk a little bit about that going in we're basically about a week and a half away or a little over not quite a week and a half away about nine days away from the uh eight or nine days away from the end of the regular season uh not this weekend but the next we'll be having willing we'll be into postseason baseball so it's getting close uh, and we'll, again, we'll be speaking uh, with Cody Juno in the next segment about Cajun football and all the many issues there uh, that are going on. So, again, feel free, 706-0111. Um, before we get to some other football issues, do want to kind of get you caught up. It was a very light schedule of Major League Baseball last night I don't know I mean a lot of times on Mondays and and Thursdays there's not a lot of game but man there were very few games um the the uh Mariner the Blue Jays beat the Yankees of uh, the ones that were significant and the Braves won so the Braves have a one game lead with about a week to go and They play a three-game series with the Mets this weekend at home. And so that that is going to obviously be a huge series. If the the Mets play play two games today and tomorrow with the Marlins, if they win those two games, it's going to really be more important for the Braves because I think the Mets, as long as they don't get swept, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I heard that they own the season series there if they don't get swept. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be very important. 
Uh, I mean, huge series. And again, a lot of years you say, well, it doesn't really matter. But when you the way they've got the postseason set up this year, I think it matters a little more whether you win. In the past, it didn't matter a great deal whether you were a wild card or a division winner. And they've changed the rules to try to increase the incentive to win the division. And so I think, don't you know, huge, huge, huge this weekend. In the American League race, it's very strange. The Mariners, they haven't been playing well, but the Mariners just got off a 10-game road trip. And now they went 3-7. and seven. Now their last 10 games are all at home against the Rangers, the A's, and another team that is, oh, the Tigers. And so I think the Mariners are going to finish strong even though they've been limping lately. Because they're playing at home. They're normally a pretty good home team. And they're playing, not not to say that if you play a team that's not good, sometimes those are da- more dangerous teams to play. But 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 I like their chances of going at least 6-4, and 7-3 and three with 10 home games. So we'll see how, how that plays out. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin, how you doing this morning? Oh, I'm trying, sir. I'm trying. I, I hear you. I got a question. I'm going to change the subject a little bit. Um, Yesterday morning, I was listening to Coach Daz on an interview on another station, your former station, mm-hmm. and I and I heard him talk about um, punt returning. How the punt returner hadn't missed one since 2019 in Georgia. And I was listening to the press conference yesterday, and I think it was you that asked about special teams. Yeah. And 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 he brought that up again. How he hadn't been, how he hadn't missed a punt since 2019. Well, I don't think that's accurate. And and then, and then you asked about. Is it a coaching thing with a new special teams coach? And he said, no. I wish I wanted to be able to follow up because the punt he missed, he was catching it on the one-yard line. Had he caught it, he had defenders in his face on the one-yard line. Is his coach teaching him to catch punts on the one-yard line? Well, no. You don't catch punts on the one-yard line. I, I would, if you are, you're poorly coached. Right. I, 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 I don't think that he's coached to do that. And the purpose of my question is a lot of times when you change a coordinator, whether it's special team, offense, or defense, there's a transition period there to where everyone's on the same page or everyone's buying into the new way of doing things. And this special teams coach especially is a more unique, does things a little more differently than the previous special teams coaches do. And so that's kind of what I meant by that question is like, is everybody really on it? Because, look, I, I think the special teams have been lacking all season, not just in Monroe, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, I, just, I was just curious that all the media in Lafayette, Louisiana, ignored the fact that a punter is filling a ball, a punt returner is filling the ball on the one-yard line. To me, that's bigger than dropping the punt. That, that happens. That's a mistake. But filling a punt on the one-yard line should never happen. You know, you should have your heels on a nine-yard line, a ten-yard line. You shouldn't back up. Yeah, I no, agree, but that, that I agree, but punters. I agree, but punters all over the country do that now. It drives me crazy. You know, I mean, if, if you've yeah. been listening to me, I, I think I've joked for years, and I'm, I'm not joking. I'm serious. We feel way too many punts in this country, and and yeah. and, and and that whole the, the the philosophy that you just gave, a lot of people don't no longer utilize. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, but I'm but I, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, I just found it amazing that question wasn't asked. But anyway, thank you for your right. good day, buddy. Thank you. Well, again, I I think a punt returner as and he's dropped a punt since last, you know, and I'm not being critical of Coach Dez. I mean, coaches mistake things all the time. Uh, don't get the facts right all the time, and that's that's just part of the deal. But 
that, that's not the first time he's dropped a punt since that Georgia Southern game. But you know what? That Georgia Southern game should have been a blowout, and the only reason it wasn't is because they fielded punts that they didn't need to field. But, no, I, I see people – I see punt returners all the time fielding balls at the five, six, seven yard line. I, I just, I'm just not a fan of it. I just, I just, I agree with the caller, but again, a lot of people field balls inside the ten now. It, I think it's insane. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I woke up this morning, so I'm not listening to foot because I want to have a positive day. But I listened to you for the last hour, and and you trying to convince your listener and myself that it's still preseason, uh, uh, your quarterback don't have five turnovers, and I mean, I don't know what country you come from or you're living in, but in in, 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 in the real world, is your quarterback has five turnovers, it's regular season, you know, you need to put no. in your mind... Banks, you you can't be that blind, Banks. You can't be that blind. Come on, man. I mean, and I I told myself, I get up at 5 every morning. I say, I can't listen to my boy today because – so banks, so banks, when, if you're throwing a pass and it gets and it gets tipped by a leaping defensive back and caught by an offense, but listen, that's not an interception. I mean, it is, but it's not. He, he, he let the defense know where he's throwing the ball. He don't look off the way he's throwing the ball. He, where he looks okay, so did you ball. did you watch the Yucks play the Packers Sunday? I did. Okay, I did. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball right to a defender in the middle of the field. So let's rate, let's rank how bad of a pass that interception was with the two that no, that no, Jameis no, threw no, Sunday. On. You can't, you can't, you can't put your quarterback in the same. He's in not the in the same class. That Aaron makes Rodgers. it even worse. So, what? Okay, well then, then, but, 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 wait a minute. You, you didn't call. But no, 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 no. But Banks, you, you didn't call for us to compare Jameis Winston to Aaron Rodgers. You called because I made a comment that the two interceptions that he threw Sunday aren't real interceptions. They weren't real interceptions. No, they were not real interceptions, Banks. No. Well, it's no, going down there and, 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 Yeah, absolutely. And your world is not but real. they weren't. Everybody, but they weren't real interceptions. Knows, no, they weren't. Everybody that knows football and that watch football is no. an interception. No, not that's not true. Tell, tell you, if you think those you, are real interceptions, then you don't really know football, no. <laughs> those are not real listen, interceptions. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you're my friend, man, because, boy, listen, I would have to call you wife and tell your wife to get your check. Because mentally, something wrong with you. <laughs> no, those are not and real not, interceptions. I, I, I'm oh, just yeah, telling you. You need to get a check. I'm just they telling have, you. They have places for people like you. I love you, so I love listening to you. Because whether you win or lose, you find excuses. Well, it's not excuses. You I'm just win. telling you. I, I wish I knew. To, I wish I, I wish I had a good excuse while my kicker can't kick the ball through the big well, H. Now that's different. You need another kicker. That's when, pitiful. When you miss 30, 40 yard field goals, that's you pitiful. Don't need to be there. Yeah. And 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 then foot. Now now let's go back to your game again. The first three quarters, your quarterback didn't do nothing positive, and you're playing. That's not true. That's not true. The first. Throw, listen, that's not you're true. Throwing first down. You 
nine, first, I mean, second and nine, second and eight. Everybody knows you're running the ball and put nine men in the block. Yeah, I agree with that. The ball is so predictable. The last three games is unreal. I'm like, I'm watching I, this. I and, agree and with I'm that. Thinking, I agree. I agree with that. I don't. You know, I don't like. I don't like. I don't man, like bro. running the ball on second and ten. I'm with you. No, I'm with never, you. never. Yeah. I don't mind running on first down, but you gotta throw on second down. I, I'm with you. I'm I with you. Ninety percent of the time, Sunday, you ran the ball on second down. Absolutely, I agree. It's very frustrating. So now, I agree. Now that could be a part of your problem right now. Play calling. I agree. I tell you, genius wouldn't have did that. Oh no, he did it all the time. Genius ran oh, the no, ball in second down all the time. Down. He yeah, he did. No, he no, he did. Genius did no. that all the time. Again, we're gonna we're gonna start rewriting history about what Genius did. Genius ran it on second down after on second and ten a lot, a lot. Because believe oh, me, no, I would no, no, I would no, get very frustrated about it a lot. Oh yes. No. Oh no. But you're gonna be frustrated because whoever's your offensive coordinator, he's killing your football team. Well, we'll see. We haven't he's played a real game yet. Let's wait. Too many weapons. We to, we to got let can we just get to midseason football before we make any generalizations? So when is in your in in foot's world in foot's world when is preseason over with for you? Well, it should be over about now. I I, I think I think Sunday. I think you could argue that Sunday's the first real game. But to, in, in foot's world, that's, yeah, that, that's that, that's the first that's, that's, that's the first game where you can kind of start to evaluate. But really, I want to get to midseason. But we'll see. Let, let me get to another caller. Thanks for the call. But but notice, Banks, those were not real I'm, interceptions. Just understand that. All, all right. Okay, th- I'm going to try to understand. Yeah, just understand that. I appreciate the call. Let's go back to the phone line, hotline. Hello. We don't have you on the line. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I do have breaking news for you for okay. McNeese. Uh, I've been told from Jim Gazzola, his after rushing for 157 yards on Saturday, McNeese State Cowboys running back D'Angelo Durham will be out indefinitely as he has had emergency surgery on his left leg. He'll now need another surgery for a chance to come back. He played. He said that there was a loose tendon and he lost blood flow and he woke up after playing the rest of the game. He woke up on Sunday morning not being able to feel his left leg. Oh, that's bad because um, I was thinking that they really needed to try to control the clock some against Incarnate Word, and I heard Raymond and, and Jim talking about that earlier. I think they really do need to control the clock, so it'll be a whole lot tougher to do without their best running back. Yeah, Ugh. that would be out with their best running back, and they also have two cornerbacks out for the season as well. So That's Pawbaugh. It's not looking good. No, that is definitely, definitely Pawbaugh. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Shift gears to Cody Juno, who I think believes that when you throw a Hail Mary at the end of a game, that that's not a real interception. I, I think Cody gets that. Counts as one, but it's not really an interception. We'll take a timeout, come back, shift gears to Cajun football with Cody Juno next. On the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. We want to remind you again about the 13th Gate Giveaway. 
You could win VIP tickets at a legendary Haunted House attraction. Uh, one of the ways to do it is to simply register for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, and you might win a pair of free tickets. Actually, it, VIP tickets to the 13th Gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions and the Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. I don't know. I would guess that Cody's not a big haunted house guy, or, or am I wrong, Cody? No, you're right on. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, after the first two games, I don't know that either one of us were convinced that things were all headed in the right direction. But after these last two games for the Cajuns, uh, it's pretty safe to say there, there's some troubling trends there. Uh, it's just a different feeling than we've had in the last two or three years, is it not? Uh, no, I mean, I think you're spot on, right? Um, and, and and obviously the, the wins and losses, right? Because I do think that some of the same issues that the Cajuns are having today – They've had in the past the difference being at the end of the, you know, when, when there's triple zeros up on the scoreboard, the Cajuns were on top. And so, you know, whether that created some sort of false sense of security, maybe, uh, I, I think it's, it's possibly, you know, a thought. But, uh, no, I mean, there's still clearly a lot of work to be done. I mean, the point that you made, again, and, and it's a point that I've written uh, a lot about and and talked a lot about on the air and that punter Reese Burns brought up in, in, in the post-game press conference on Saturday is, and, and we all know it, but we don't really believe it. It's like when, when, when the difference between winning a game, you know, 21, what was last year's score, like 21-16 or something, and, yep. and, then win, and then losing a game a year later, 21-17, is one or two plays. And in this game, it was two, you know, Probably you know two big plays, but really a punt return, a punt that you botch and you give them an eight-yard touchdown drive. If they had given Monroe an eight-yard touchdown drive at Cajun Field last year, they probably lose that game. Oh no doubt about it, right? And the thing is, most of those games between Louisiana and ULM have been close, and the special teams and miscues have been happened have you know been on the Warhawks' part, right? Yes. Uh, and Saturday the roles were reversed a little bit, but. You know, for me, it, it's, it, it highlights a, a larger issue of the Cajuns not being able to capitalize uh, when they have an opportunity. You know, you saw that going back two weeks now to Rice, get the three takeaways, um, and yet only able to, to capitalize thanks to pick six, right? And so uh, I think a lot of the, and Captain Obvious here, right, a lot of the issues stem from the offense not being able to control the line of scrimmage, control the ball, and stay on the football field. You know, it it is to your point very even more scary than the record and and all is in two games you force five turnovers and you're zero and two. That's unbelievable, right? Yes. You know, and, and and now they've given the ball away three times in those games, but still to your point, you know, that's what what are we at twelve uh, takeaways now through four games for yeah. the Cajun defense. Um, you know, and, and I think you and I both agree it's going to be very difficult for, for those numbers to continue. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if, if you're getting that kind of production from the defense, yet not getting the victories, there's a lot to figure out. I, I think the, the, the real – there's a lot of troubling things right now, but I think the real troubling thing is – and, and um, 
I've written a column that's going to be out today on. I think it's, it might be up online or it's going to be in tomorrow's paper. Is about. I think the number one concern right now is the lack of ability to run the football, and the problem with that is you're 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 two and two. You're now 0-1 in the conference. You're hosting South Alabama Saturday for homecoming. South Alabama currently ranks third in the Sun Belt Conference, only giving up about 86 yards per game, which is the exact number the Cajuns officially ran for. They ran it a little better than that because college football doesn't know how to keep statistics. Um, uh, they, they do some they do those things wrong. But and then next week they play Marshall's giving up about 84 yards a game. So the Cajuns are two and two and 0 and one. And to me, their next two games are against teams that defend the run and that are probably going to be favorites over the Cajuns. Yeah, now I will say this uh, again, looking ahead to Marshall, uh, Troy was able to run the football, right? Troy was actually able to do a lot of things offensively except score. Uh, if you go back and you, and you dive into the numbers there. Um, but again, that's a week away, and the Cajuns got a, a really good South Alabama team. I believe the line's actually all the way up to nine. Uh, as we sit here today, when it opened up uh, as Louisiana a five-point underdog, I think the Cajuns are now up to a to a nine-point dog, and so you've got seemingly you know two teams headed in different directions, right? One team trending very, very upward, and the other, um, you know, for the Cajuns, unfortunately, going in the wrong direction at the moment. I I never understood why the Cajuns were double-digit favorites over Rice or Monroe. I, I, I did that make sense to you? Um, well, not, not from seeing the first two games, right? But I think a lot of it is track record. Uh, I think a lot of it is, you know, candidly bookmakers. Um, I don't want to say they're taking a shot in the dark, but they're probably a little less uh, in tune and educated at, you know, at the group five level than they are um, to the, you know, to the top 25 games that are happening every week. That's fair. So do you think there's a way – like, is there a fix for the offensive line, or is it that you have to just continue to work and work like Coach is saying, and, and you hope kind of like I've been saying with the Saints in NFL that you're kind of in preseason mode and that by the time you get to midseason, you won't be in preseason mode anymore? Well, I think something that was very interesting from Saturday, Kevin, something that we haven't seen from the Cajuns uh, in a really long time, and I think this kind of tells you about the offensive line. Uh, through the first three games, and as they've done over the past at least four years, uh, they rotated players in the in that offensive line, right? Every second, third, fourth series, whatever it is, you would see two or three guys pop in there and get some playing time. Well, the Cajuns kept that same starting five out there for the entire contest. And, and, and so I think, you know, to me that signals, okay, that the coaching staff feels that that's the best five, or at least those are the five that are healthy at the moment. And, and so, um, you know, the question is, can those five become one? Can they start working together? Because they didn't get totally outplayed up front, right? I thought they did a really good job in pass protection. Uh, but, you know, running the football, the running game was, was non-existent, um, and, and especially when the Cajuns needed it to be. So does that mean that the next step is to do that at other positions as well? You mean play less people? Yes. Is that what you are? Uh, yes. Is that what you're you're getting at? Yeah, I don't know, right? That, I mean, I think that's a great question, uh, and, and I'm assuming you're probably talking about the receiver position. Yes, which um, we've been talking about for three years now. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't where, agree where with it. Yeah, where we've seen the Cajuns continue to rotate guys in and out, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think that I think it is something worth monitoring as we um, as we move forward here. But but it was but it's some it's something that certainly caught my eye from being down there on the sideline on Saturday was that the Cajuns did not rotate those uh, offensive linemen in and out. Um, again, they know their players way more than we do, but it seems like just from an endurance standpoint that. You know, it's a complicated issue because it's a group. Um, it's a group that you have to play together, and it takes time to get the continuity. And yet, there's a, I guess, is there a fatigue factor there, or am I overrating the fatigue factor for an offensive line? No, I mean, I, I didn't see any fatigue or issues, right? I mean, it, you know, the Cajuns, I, I thought, did a good job of holding on to the football, right? It certainly was not lopsided like it was when you when you looked, you know, two weeks ago now at Rice and, and you pull up the time of possession and it was, you know, 38 to 27 uh, in favor of the Cajuns, actually. Um, you know, so again, Saturday for me was the Cajuns having opportunities to kind of put the game away, something that they had an opportunity to do against. Uh, Southeastern in the opener and couldn't. And, and, you know, you saw Saturday night that uh, you let a team, especially a conference opponent at home, they're fired up. They, they feel like they've got something going on there and, and you let them hang around and believe. And, you know, you saw two big plays from the, from the, from the Monroe offense, right? The, the 70 something yard touchdown run and the 80 yard pass to set up another score. You combine that with the two huge special teams mistakes. And, you know, the, I mean, that's how you get beat 21-17. to 17. Again, we're speaking with Cody Juno. I mean, normally when I'm evaluating a game where one team is, like you say, about a 10-point underdog, and, and I think that, you know, the, the Cajuns will be about a 9- or 10-point underdog probably, and I think that's more accurate than, than the last two uh, games where the Cajuns were like 12- and 13-point favorites. Um I normally I'd say, well, the, the 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 difference is turnovers. But again, that's what's so strange about this. It's like they've been getting turn. I don't even know if forcing turn I mean, you you still want to force turnovers, but will it do any good? Well, look, I, I don't think you ever want to stop taking the football away. <laughs> right? Um just at some point in time you're waiting for for the Cajuns to capitalize. And we've seen them capitalize, right? They did against uh Against Eastern Michigan, as the guard, as the guard dog goes off. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the joys of working from home. Yes. But um, you saw the Cajuns capitalize against Eastern Michigan, right? And and get those second half short fields. Yes. And, and turn and convert those into touchdowns. That's just something we haven't seen the Cajun offense do over the last two weeks. And and you know again that put Eastern Michigan away, and and the Cajuns had opportunities. You don't even go back to the Rice game, right? I mean, six, seven minutes left in the contest, you feel like they're driving and going to score and go ahead and win the game. Uh, and it just didn't happen. And, and, you know, you saw that same thing uh, last week at Monroe. All right. What do you – there are a lot of people who – well, first of all, I think most of us, including Coach Dez, do not like – do not – are not – would not vote for a two-quarterback system in theory, not – 
forget about names or teams. You ask right. them, are you a two quarterback system guy? I think all pretty much every one of us would say no. We are not two quarterback system guys. But yeah, correct. I've been arguing this is not a two quarterback system, and so he, he, here's here's my take on this current controversy. And um, and tell me what you think. I think. And I said, I noticed it during that second drive. I said, uh-oh, in my mind, I'm thinking if they score here, everyone's going to say you got to leave Chandler in the game because you just scored touchdowns on your first two drives. But here's the reason why I think he didn't. His whole idea was that his decision to change quarterback was pre-scripted. It was not based on performance, good or bad. And so once you change that, and you change your pregame script based on performance, then it's going to be too tempting when he does good to change it once he does bad, and that at that point you have total chaos and confusion. I am confused by everything you just said. All right. So if, in other words, in his pregame script, Ben Woolridge is coming in on the third series. Switch quarterbacks no matter what. If – you do good and score touchdowns on your first two, then you change your script. Then you you no longer have a script. That script and is gone. Effect, and you've effectively said we're going with one guy, whoever it is, and then when the pressure all of a sudden kicks up because maybe they perform um, you know, less, the, less than what's expected, now all of a sudden you, you, you feel like you've got to stick with them, correct? Well, no, because then you no longer have – if you once you ban the script, then you have a two-quarterback system. So now if he doesn't score this week touchdowns in the first if, – if, if you go three and out twice and, 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 and then uh, – or three and out once, the first one, he might be – if you can do it when he does good, if you can change the script when he does good, then you can change the script when he does bad. Now you have a full-fledged two-quarterback system, and that means chaos. In other words, well, look, you got to keep what if he's going to do it, he's got to keep the pregame script, is what I'm saying, or just yeah, get rid look, of that total. And I, and I don't know if chaos is the right word, but I mean, disarray is not the right word either. But the, the Cajuns definitely have a, a quarterback issue on their hand because of the way they've handled playing both guys. Um, and and I don't know how they fix that um, if they even want to fix it. Right, if they want to continue with that without just giving the job to one guy or the other. Well, again, I'm okay if they decide to give it to one or the other. I just think I, I, I'm big on you can't give yourself too many decisions to make. And if if you don't, if it's not pre-scripted, then you have a full-fledged two-quarterback system, and I am totally against that, totally against it. So you either have to go to one or you have to keep it scripted is in my mind. You don't agree with yeah, that? Well, and, and I think that's what we'll see, right? We'll, we'll continue to see that. Um, you know, look, if next Sunday, I mean, next, I don't know what is today, Tuesday, we, we're talking on the air and the Cajuns are coming off a win, I'll be a little bit surprised. If that happens, how do you see that happening? Like, what's the scenario where they win this game? Well, well I think, okay, so... Uh, I think a lot of it is, is mental, right? So the first thing is, for the first time in quite a long time, the Cajuns are backed into a corner, and they are being looked at as the underdog, right? And, and so I think, can they take that mentality and head into this ball game? Um, you know, the other thing is run the football, right? <laughs> which which we said, and, and while it didn't pan out, I was actually 
glad to see the Cajun staff, uh, Cajun coaching staff stick with the run, right? That may be an unpopular opinion, but I felt like it's something, and we talked about it, I think, last week, that they got away from way too quick against Rice. Now, again, you only ran 43 snaps, so it, it, it is kind of hard to, to get a judge on any kind of offensive game plan. But you have to run the football. You have to control the line of scrimmage. Uh, and that's what, what the Cajuns are going to have to do in order to win this game. Um, now, can they do that? I, you know, I, I think that uh, from what we've seen over the first four games, uh, they're certainly going to have uh, you know a, a very strong chore ahead of them. And that's before we even start talking about the opponent in South Alabama, if that makes sense. Which is very physical on the line, which stops the run and has run the ball. And I've said for years, so many of these teams in the Sunbelt Conference, like Troy and like South Alabama, look like pretty good teams in Arkansas State, except for they don't run the football. you got to run the football. And South Alabama apparently has figured that out. They're finally running the football, and they're reaping the benefits. Yep, well, they've got a defensive-minded coach, right, who wants to run the football, be physical, um, and, and, and you're starting to see that. Now they've got a trigger man who's making good decisions uh, in carrying the offense. All right, one more question. Is there anything I, – I, I'm focusing on the running game. A lot of people are focusing on the quarterback, and I get that. Again, it's a it's a fascinating issue uh, and a lot of strong opinions on both on, on really one side. I think that's a pretty one-sided opinion, to be honest. But um, – is there anything else that you think we've not touched on that's a major problem for this team that they got to get corrected? They played inconsistently, right? Um, they they haven't made plays that should have been made, right? Like you go back and you look at the big long pass. Um, the, the Cajuns have the opportunity, ball slightly underthrown, but it's still something that's got to be caught. And all of a sudden, the Cajuns are, you know, inside the ten or fifteen yard line, knocking on the door, getting ready to score. Yes, we've seen that way too much from this Louisiana team, and even defensively, right? Like, again, you you can't give up a seventy-five yard run. You can't give up an eighty-yard pass that's just a slant that a guy just outruns everybody, right? Um, and, and and so it's make again eleven guys doing their job each and every time out. And that's the thing that we haven't seen from the Cajuns, uh, I would argue, at all this year. That is true. And the way I put it yesterday is you got to do the 90-something percent thing plays. You got to make those 90-something percent of the time. And they're not making the 90-something percent plays 90-something percent of the time. And that's it. If you just do the basics right, and, and you may not do anything special, if you just do the basics right, I think you're at least 3-1, and one, if not 4-0. Oh. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. All right, sir. I appreciate your time as always. We'll see if uh, they can. Yeah, there can be a home. Uh, not too often in the last couple of years where the home team was an underdog, but they will be Saturday, so we'll see what happens. I appreciate your time. Um, thank you very much. You got it, buddy. We'll see you Saturday and talk to you next week. Take, take care. All righty. We'll take a timeout. Come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Old Tucktail. Tucktail. Noun. A former NFL coach who put his tail between his legs and went back to college where it's easier to win. Also known as Nick Saban. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. One of 
No, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We've already you've already seen the benefits. You gotta join the game clubhouse. If you do, you can win all kind of prizes like $150 to Mr. Lester Steakhouse, $50 to have show oyster house, or $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. Or VIP tickets to the 13th gate, like we talked about earlier. So you got to join the clubhouse. Free, it's simple. So sign up today. I look. I've said this for years. There, there, I, there are things I've been saying for 20 years, and there are people that have been listening to me for most of those 20 years, and they don't get it. And I've been told, that's your fault, Bozo, and it probably is my fault. But but there are a lot of people, they, they just don't get my, my opinion about this quarterback situation with UL. Again, I'm not saying that the people that disagree with Coach Des are wrong, necessarily. I'm saying he's got to stick to the script. I hate the two-quarterback system. I think some people are saying, well, why do you like two? I don't like two-quarterback system. I'm saying you either have to stick to the script, good or bad. I think some people are saying it's okay to deviate from the script if it's good performance. I don't think you can do that. Because then then why can't – if you can deviate from the script, if it's a good performance, then you're going to be even more tempted to deviate from the script when it's a bad performance. And at that point, you have total confusion and chaos. At that point, you have to go to a one-quarterback a, a one system, which is what most people want anyway. I get that. But uh, you cannot, in my opinion, afford to deviate from the script good, for the good performance or the bad performance. In my mind, you either stick to the script or you scrap it totally and go to a one-quarterback. But the problem is, which one do you choose? Because neither one has played – one game, one is better than the other. The other game, they were about the same. I think there are two games that were about the same. In one game, Ben was better. In one game, Chandler was better. <sighs> Pablo, not a good situation. All right, let's go to the hot game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Hello. Hello, Kevin. Hello. Hello, Kevin. I sure like the Super Tramp intro. Yes. Well, were you at the Notre dame Terrellens game Friday? I absolutely was. Yes, sir. All right. Just give me your opinion of the ending of the game. And I'm going to hang up and listen. I guess the last minute or so when Terrell uh, had the ball deep, you know, deep in their own territory. Right. Just give me your opinion. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to hang up and listen. Um, I, You know, again, I, I think what happened was Terling's had the ball inside the one. Notre Dame had everyone on the line. And on the first play, it almost was a safety. And... um. And so in the second play, they said, wait a minute, we're in trouble here. And so they threw a pass out into the flat, which you do when you come out of the end zone. And Notre Dame had basically all 11 men in the box, and so he went 99 yards for a touchdown. I had zero issue with that. Now, again, I'm not a run-up-the-score guy. I don't really really care about run-up-the-score. But I don't think that's running up the score at all. Uh, and the other thing you have to, the other thing you have to keep in mind here, Turlings hasn't won there since I was skinny. Like in the in the mid nineties, and so it's been a house of horrors for them. So they've come out. They did a great job in 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 planning for this game. They executed tremendous in the passing game. And I understand it's thirty one fourteen. But if you get a safety or you fumble because they hit you in the backfield and they get a touchdown, then it's a ten point game. And there's still only about forty or fifty. You just you don't even want to take a chance of this house of horrors coming back to bite you in a place that you haven't won in twenty years. And so I think you got to take that into account too. But 
Again, I think if they were on the 20-yard line, they go on a knee and the game's over. But they were inside the one. They got totally crushed on first down. They were at the one-foot line, and I think they just didn't want – they wanted to end the game. Like, we we, we need – if they were on the 20, he'd have gone on a knee and it would have been over with. But the Piles had 11 in the box. They, he was inside the one. He just wanted to get out of there without any nightmares happening. I, I don't. I don't have any issues with that. I don't think. I think I've heard some talk that people think that's running up the score. Totally disagree with that concept. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, there, Foot. How you doing, buddy? Good morning. I'm about to James Madison Duke. All right, good. Nailed that one, didn't I? Yes, you did. I agree. Kevin, you- you remember when, when way back in the day when I I, I told you UAB was going to deal at least. You remember the flack I got for that? Remember how people, right after I said that on the phone, everybody was coming back. You know, my, my boy Ben, that I'm friends with, come back and said, oh, he must be a, a, a Cajun lover to pick against LSU. I, just, when I pick a game, it's something I see. And, you know, when way back then, that year, I think I picked UAB to beat LSU. I picked. The Chiefs to beat the Rams, remember that? When the uh-huh. Rams were undefeated, I, I said to you the Chiefs were the ones that were going to beat them, and the, the Chiefs did beat them that year. And you said there was no way that was going to happen. Remember that one? No, I do. Yes, sir. All right, I got one for you this week, Kevin. You ready? Yes, sir. Our test call is hit 17 points at home against Alabama in a game where they just lost the week before where they clearly should have won, and they're getting 17 points. You take Arkansas and you take it that to the house. There, they're gonna they're gonna cover, and I think that game's gonna be a one score game. It'll be close going to the fourth quarter. Uh, I'm I'm I mean it makes sense. What you're saying makes total sense. Now let me ask you: Do you agree with my opinion on the UL quarterback scenario situation or no? <laughs> Hello. I see both sides of the argument there, Kevin. But, you know, the thing is, I do agree with you with what you're saying is when they go in with a plan, you stick with it. And if you deviate from that, then, you know, if if, if they would have kept channeling in after the first two drives where they scored and they, they, let them, they, they, they let them go with the next uh, series, then the rest of the game gets to stay in. They couldn't have took him out. You understand? They're like you're saying, right? Right. And then and what's going to happen when he does bad then? Then what do you do? If you're going to deviate when he does good, then you can deviate when he does bad. Then you have a two-true quarterback system. Then it's chaos. I think, well, Kevin, the only thing I, I disagree with that on that, I think the fact that you put it, you, you leave him in, uh, leave him in after he scored two, uh, two touchdowns because it's going good. And the only because it's going good. If when it's going bad, you stick to the plan. But when it's going good, you feel the momentum, you leave it in. You leave him in. It, it, what, he, what, he, what he did there was kind of like, uh, uh, fell back on the momentum. You know, he he peeled off with the momentum they had. The only momentum they had in that game was right there. And after that, it was a loss for the rest of the game. So I do think if, it, uh, I, you know, maybe I'm, I'm talking out the side of my mouth, but the thing is when when it's momentum, you you change it your way. And uh, even though it's not it's going bad, you know, you stick to the script. If Michael then, Jefferson then, catches that bomb, the momentum's not lost for the rest of the game. You just gotta do. You just gotta do things yeah, like catch bombs. Down. He let us down right there. Yeah. And you know, Kevin, as good as he is, he's not, that's not the first time he's had a big drop. Yes. He had a big drop against Rice. Yes. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. And again, there's gonna there's a it. Anytime you're talking about quarterbacks, there's a lot of opinions. 
A lot of them. I'm not saying everybody's wrong. I'm just saying I get sticking to the script. I think you either stick to the script or you go with a one-quarterback system. The problem is which one do you pick? I was surprised that Chandler was the choice coming out of the summer, and after playing four games, I think it's pretty even. Again, I think two games they played about the same, and I think one game Ben played better way better and I think the other game Chandler played way better like so it's 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 kind of one one and two I don't know what you do with that Pablo all right we'll take a timeout come back finish out today's show next on the game Southwest Louisiana's sports station your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros welcome back to footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. I uh, we'll see what the Astros do tonight. Um, it, it, it's weird because I, I you know, I, look, I, what are the Astros up six and a half with eight to go? I mean, it would take it would essentially take the Astros losing the rest of their games and the Yankees winning the rest of their games for anything to change in this last week or so. Now, I mentioned this about a month ago. It could be really interesting next week because the Astros, what, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, finished the ser- finished their season, regular season with the Phillies. The Phillies could be very much in the wild card race. The Phillies are, what, a game and a half ahead of the Padres right now. No, 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 no. Game and a half ahead of the Brewers. I think a game and a half behind the Padres – game and a half ahead of the Brewers for that final spot. So if you're the Astros and everything's totally locked in, which will probably be the case by the time we get to next Monday's series against the Phillies, what do you do? Like you, you got to worry about yourself more than you got to worry about the, you know, the Phillies and the Brewers, but you don't want to totally tank it. I don't know. It's a tough, tough decision. Like, I still think you got to sit players right there. But the problem is, if you got a five day break, because you, you get a, you already have a rest. So, do you just play to the end so you're not too rusty? Just very complicated, very complicated decisions. And we talked about it a lot over the years in all the sports. It's very difficult to finish a season. How do you finish a season if you're way up or you're way down? Tough, tough, tough. All right. Appreciate all the phone calls. Appreciate Cody come on. Y'all have a nice day.